After what seemed like the longest winter in history of winters, Major League Baseball is back. And so is the Caught Looking Show. So welcome back. We have a lot to talk about in kind of a little period of time. But first, we have to say we are sorry that it took this long for us to put out another show. Over a month. That's the longest we've ever waited. It was the off season, and we're officially not in the off season, so we will be going weekly from now on. But we got to get right into this, man. We begged and begged for Bryce Harper and Manny Machado to sign last last episode, and by God's grace, <laughs> both of them signed contracts, and we're ready for the Major League Baseball season. What do you have to say, Mark, about the Major League Baseball season and about these two contracts specifically? Now that they're over, got to talk about them for a little bit at least, man. Um. Let's just rejoice in the fact that it is over. Let's, Thank God. let's enjoy that Thank because God. we're we're done with the the Harper and Machado talk after this for hopefully forever. Hopefully we never have to fucking talk about these assholes again. It was but, one of the most unenjoyable off seasons because of these two ever. I mean, people lost their jobs. I mean, Dan Clark almost lost his job. Right. No, I know. No, I know. And 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 we we had a Ryan Ryan Braun situation on our hands where we almost had people losing their jobs because of Major League Baseball players again. That's a problem. It's an absolute problem. But we it's do have to talk about the contracts. We do have to talk about the contracts because we haven't been on since then. Machado got paid, dude. He got paid more money than anyone probably expected. 10 years, 300 million dollars. To the San Diego Padres, man, the biggest signing in their franchise's history, no doubt about that. What do you think of that contract? Um, I, I mean, I love it for the Padres, and I love it for Machado. Obviously, it works on both sides, kind of like the Harper deal to me. Um, the good thing is for the Padres, they can kind of afford that kind of a risk because they don't have a ton of payroll committed to a lot of guys. I mean, they have three guys making a lot of money, but outside yeah. of that, really not much. So for them... It's a win because it gives them the name recognition. The Padres are an actual baseball team now. It's not like they're what they were last year. You know, we're we're starting our show talking about them. So they clearly have done something spectacular. And and getting Manny Machado could lead to a lot of future success for them. Maybe not this year. Maybe I'm I'm hoping it's this year just because, you know, I love a good Cinderella story. But the next few years they got Dozens of prospects coming up. They have the number one prospect. And I know you want to talk about this, so I'm going to jump right into it. The Fernando Tatis Jr. causing Manny Machado to move to third base. Nuts. Is massive. Is massive. Absolutely ridiculous. And granted, the Padres probably gave Machado more money than anyone else had on the table. But they moved his position. Machado said multiple times in the past couple years that he wanted to play shortstop. And he was going to sign with the team. Explicitly said. Explicitly. And he said he wanted to play shortstop with whatever new team he plays for. But he moved over to third base for a prospect, a 19-year-old prospect. And granted, Tatis is supposed to be a superstar, and it'd be great if it is. But this reminded me of the A-Rod Jeter thing that happened about you know 15 years ago when Jeter was, you know, the household name there. And A-Rod, who was probably a better defensive shortstop than Jeter, said, I'm going to go play third base in the Yankees because that helps the team. Now, we've ridiculed Machado many times on this show for not hustling out ground balls. And, you know, the way he plays the game sometimes is questionable. But, I mean, playing third base and taking on, uh, you know, a young kid is something to be proud of. And I, I will give Machado credit for that. The only problem 
that I have with this contract is Joe. Are Joe, extremely no. Oh, all right, you're there. You cut out for a sec. It's all right. It's all right. You're there. We cut it off. Are we good? It's all right. We're still there. We're still going. We're going to roll right through this. It happens. We're going to let roll me right just say, it. let me just say what I was trying to say. Machado can opt out after four years. The Padres are in no position to be a playoff team in the next couple. So the next couple of years after maybe these two years of them being bad are vital because vital. a 30 year old Manny Machado as a free agent is just utter fucking chaos. We just saw it. And I don't want it to happen again. So the Padres need to prove in the four years that they definitely have Machado for that they can compete. They can build a team around his big contract. So hats off to them. 100% agree. Also, Joe, wait. The the A-Rod Jeter comparison is interesting because I had a very similar thought on the flip side of this with the Harper deal. Because there's some striking similarities. We had A-Rod when he was with the Rangers was deciding pretty much between he wanted to be a Red Sox, he was ready to be a Red Sox, that deal fell through, he goes to the Yankees' division rival. Bryce Harper has a 10-year, $300 million deal on the table from the Nationals. Considering it, deal falls through, goes to a division rival. Now, this is where where I might lose you. But Reese Hoskins and Bryce Harper are good friends. Derek Jeter and Alex Rodriguez were good friends. We all know about the the bells and whistles that followed behind Jeter and A-Rod and how their relationship was scrutinized under a yep. microcosm all the time. And granted, yep. part of that is due to New York, but Philly's a big market in its own right. Oh, absolutely. How is the relationship between Philly's two best players, two biggest superstars on you know on the batting side of the equation at least? How is that relationship going to last? How is that going to finish? That's what we'll find out in the next 13 fucking years. 13 years. Yeah. And it may be, yes, right now, maybe over proportion. But I do like the point because Hoskins was learning to be the poster boy for the Phillies, and he is not that anymore. He has taken a backseat to Bryce Harper, and Bryce Harper, he will not be remembered for being a national. There is no doubt in my mind about that. He just signed the biggest contract in sports history or yeah, biggest contract in American no, professional yeah. sports. Yeah. He's a Philly. No matter what he does for the rest of his career, he's going to be remembered as a Philly. If he makes the hall of fame, he's going to retire as a Philly to do that to a division rival for maybe what? $30 million more and three more years guaranteed. It's, it rubs me the wrong way and I'm not a nationals fan. Well, the the counter argument I'll provide here is that Bryce Harper was a free agent. He did not choose to go to a team for more money. It's not as if the money was the reason. It's not like he got a three hundred million dollar offer from the Nationals and then left it for the Phillies for four hundred million. You know what I mean? It, he 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 took a longer deal with more money, but not annual average like average annual value. So. It's not necessarily about the money for him. For me, what I think is that it came down to he didn't want to be a national. He didn't he want didn't. to be on their team. And, and, I mean, that sucks for the nationals. 
I don't know how much you can blame Harper for that because we saw this before. We've seen it many times before. We saw it with Pujols, and it didn't work out for Pujols. I mean, he's getting banked. Don't get me wrong. But he was scrutinized. He was scrutinized, and it didn't work out in L.A. It hasn't worked out in L.A. He's taken a significant drop-off since then. So I don't know. I just I think that Bryce Harper going to the Phillies was more than some people could handle, especially in D.C. He's already one of the hate, most hated players in the league just because of the way he plays the way that he was a top prospect since he was 16 years old. All that's fine. All that's whatever. He needs to produce in Philly, and everybody will forget all that stuff. He's one of the youngest free agents ever, and that's why this was so interesting. Thank God it's over. But Bryce Harper is a Philly man, and Machado is a Padre, and we do not need to talk about it anymore. <laughs> and the best part is, Joe, like you said, that's over. The real season begins now. Yeah. And, and that's where we're excited. Is beginning this week. And thing about the Japan series is it's kind of like a little tease. It's kind of like the peephole into the major league season because it's not, I mean, it's real baseball. The record counts, but then you have to wait six days after the games are over. And I mean, Ichiro is going to play in these two games. That's cool. That's nice to see. But the guy is getting old. And as long as this goes on, I'm not sure how long he's going to be able to play. Because I know you read that article about Ichiro saying, basically, he's I'm going to fucking kill myself if I don't play baseball. Which, which is rash. It's, it's harsh. That's paraphrasing. Joe is paraphrasing. Ichiro did not actually say that. But it was along those lines. It was In along Joe's those defense, lines. it was along those lines. Ichiro did say, at some point when baseball is done, he doesn't know how he's going to continue to live on. Yes. Along, more along those lines than I'm going to fucking kill myself. But <laughs> but Joe's an idiot and takes everything the wrong way. <laughs> no, but it, it's, it's, I guess, like, I okay, it's dramatic. But the thing is, like, these games are going on for Ichiro to play. And I'm not saying that it's not a good experience for everybody. Expanding Major League Baseball to Japan is a great thing. Japan probably has the second best market in baseball in the world. That's great. But... The fact that he's not playing after these two games, and he's just playing in Japan, and I don't know how many years this is going to go on for. It's nice. It's cool. I hope that it makes Ichiro able to not die. But <laughs> all that all that I know is it's it's weird. It's weird to start a season a week early, get two games, but, I mean, at least it's baseball, right? But let's... You're you're being a little negative here, Joe. I want to I want to spotlight Ichiro, give him the the shine he deserves. Because like you said, obviously generational talent, you know, great one of the best players to ever do it. At least from what we've seen, you know, hitter hitting wise, average, you know, hitting for average contact, all those things. You know, one of the fastest guys to ever reach three thousand hits, four thousand professional yeah. baseball hits. You know, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it's muddy. It's muddy. I know. I don't really count it either, but um. The thing that I love about this is that it's the last time you're probably going to see Ichiro. I mean, maybe not. Until but, next year when he's yeah, like 49 but, and just decides yeah. that he needs to play those two games to keep living. And then baseball is like, okay, please don't die. We're going to give you these two games, <laughs> which, which is great. I mean, it's great. Listen, I love Ichiro. I love the Japan series. But if the Mariners keep getting the Japan series and they keep putting Ichiro out there, I'm going to start to ask some questions. But, There's going to be some questions, no yeah. no doubt. But I just want to say no one deserves it more than Ichiro to go to his home country where people idolize him 
and play the game that he is best at really i mean it's just it's it's great and and it's something good that baseball's doing to just to expand the global presence of baseball bring over a superstar like ichiro even though he's past his prime put him in front like of people Otani, who love him or you say you know the, these guys that are moving over from japan to major league baseball it's great and the yeah, teams playing are exactly. interesting too i mean the mariners made probably the most moves this offseason of any team besides maybe the phillies um some of them were negative some of them were positive sometimes you thought they were rebuilding sometimes you thought they were rebuilding for this year so <laughs> it's weird they signed edwin encarnacion they lost Robinson they lost edwin diaz they lost robinson cano they are they still have d gordon they still have mitch hanniger they still have pieces but, but it's they weird paxton. don't forget they, they lost did paxton. lose paxton also so they they gave away instead, and the Mariners were on, we talked about this already kind of, but the Mariners were on the verge of starting to compete. They were on the verge of getting something going, and then they sell their top guys, and it looked like, oh, okay, you know what, they're going to rebuild, they're probably going to sell Hanager, they're probably going to sell everybody in the house, you know, and they wouldn't trade for Edwin, like, who, who would have seen that coming? They kind of met in the middle and that's not how you do a rebuild so i didn't understand from a mariner's perspective i guess we're going to see how it's going to play out i don't know if their organization expects them to win like 90 games they're not going to there's no, they're no not, doubt they're not going no. to i think they know that they're going in the wrong direction i think i think it's calculated that they're doing this I don't think it's necessarily the perfect way to go about it. I don't think having Edwin Encarnacion waste away, uh, you know, the last few good years he has in my, in you know the in Seattle where they're not going to make the playoffs. But at the same time, he provides a trade ship for them. Uh, in addition, they have guys like D Gordon, like you said. They also have a few young guys coming up. Their their farm system's not loaded, but that's better. That now. can be rebuilt. That can be rebuilt. The the interesting the more interesting thing to me is the the team on the other side. Yeah, me too. The Oakland Athletics are kind of the the antithesis of the Mariners, where they're a young upstart team with not a lot of big moves being made this offseason. They got Profar, which was a huge move, but not you know not like it's no Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, obviously. So that. They kind of teetered where they were, and I mean, they were a 97 win team last, yeah, last year, which no so. one saw coming. And but that's that's also how the A's do things, they will right. never ever sign uh Bryce Harper or Manny Machado. Right. I mean, I'm pretty sure that they gave Chris Davis a big contract, and that was like the biggest in their history. And it wasn't even, it that, wasn't even that big, yeah, it yeah wasn't exactly, <laughs> exactly. So the A's are the inverse of the Mariners, doesn't mean they can't compete. They were good last year, a lot of teams around them got better because. I still don't think that they're going to come anywhere near the Astros. I think that that was that was Luke. surprising last year that they did come even relatively close to the Astros. I think that other teams around them got better. The Twins got better. The Angels got a little bit better, and they have Mike Trout. You can never count them, out. count them out. The Rays got significantly better. So yep. to do what the A's are doing, just for a shot at the probably the second wild card spot because the Yankees or Red Sox didn't get the first one. That's that's basically a guarantee. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it is a guarantee. And I don't know what the A's plan is for the season. I don't think that anyone should expect them to win 97 games again. And these two games might matter in Japan. I mean, we're obviously spotlighting these two teams because they play the first two games. It's weird because these two games it, down the stretch could mean something. 
no, it, it's it's going to be pivotal. I, I mean, not that not that two games matter, especially the first two, but two games can determine an entire an entire playoff run if if Absolutely. it starts out the wrong way. If you start zero and two as the A's, you lose a little momentum. It starts to teeter out of control. You know, and then can, you got to wait a week to play again which is unprecedented in Major League Baseball, which is the only problem I have with the Japan Series. I know we want to move on, but playing a week and playing the week before the season starts, two games, and then waiting a week is weird. I've never seen anything like that. And it's going to be interesting how the A's especially, because the Mariners we don't expect to be good, but the A's are going to have to move on and start to get going again. And it's going to be interesting, to say the least. But Absolutely, absolutely. Continue, Joe. I apologize for interrupting. But... The regular season is upon us, and we're going to have some fun. We deserve to have some fun after this offseason has 100%. just ridiculed us. We earned we're gonna it. Do, we're going to do the top five players of 2019, top five position players of 2019. We're not going to do pitchers. may do it at a later date, but right before the season starts, this is pivotal, and I know you have one name to exclude because it wouldn't be fair. Mike Trout is not going to be included in this. He is clear-cut number one, and that doesn't need to be discussed. In in order to keep it fun, we'll we'll just exclude Mike Trout, and we're not going to do this in order. We're just going to name five players who we each think is the best or, or would summarize the top five players in the MLB. I will begin. I will begin. I'm going to give you five names right here. Francisco Lindor, Mookie Betts, Aaron Judge, okay. Oh, okay. Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt. Wow. Yeah, and I know there are names that I left out, and there's a there's a ton of them. But those, to me, five guys that, given the chance, obviously outside of my trout, I would take on my team instantly, instantly without a question. Those are the guys. This is the issue when we're talking about this. I think that there are three. Clear-cut one, two, threes. And I will include Trout for my list. It's, it's Trout's number one. And then it goes Mookie Arenado for me. After Trout, Mookie Arenado, four, five to maybe 15, you can make a case for any of those guys going top five. So I look at consistency. I look at consistency year in and year out. And my number four is going to blow your mind. Let's hear Joey it. Votto. I love that. Joey Votto is one of the most consistent players in Major League Baseball. He does not get the credit he deserves for playing year in and year out at a crazy rate. I don't know if you remember this, but Joey Votto was batting maybe 270, 265 one year, and he was walking back to the dugout, and he was like, I fucking suck. I'm going to quit baseball if I bat 270. And 270 is a good batting average. <laughs> no, and, and the, the, no, the crazy thing about that is he hit 400 in the second half that year too. Let's not forget that. 400. So, so Joey Votto yeah. absolutely deserves to be in the top five list. He has slept on every single year, and I will not do that anymore. Oh, I love that. You're, I, I agree. Give me one more, Joe. Last one. Number five gets a little bit tough because there's a couple people that I consider to be a top five guy. I think Manny Machado is a top five guy. I think Aaron Judge is a top five guy, but obviously I can only put one of them in. I would put Judge in because I think he's going to MVP this year. I think uh, Aaron Judge I agree. takes the next step to an MVP this year. He has been consistently good, and he probably would have won last year if he didn't hurt his thumb or hurt his whatever finger he hurt. No, I don't know if he had MVP locked up because Mookie, but but he had a case the past two years really 
to be an MVP. And this, I think this is the year you're absolutely right. That judge puts together. That's why he, that's 100% why he's in my top five. And, and, and let me wait, let me just get some rationale behind mine. Um, I said, obviously Lindor, I'm not explaining that. Um, but I want to say that the one guy that I had the toughest time leaving off of this, and there's actually two of them and they're on the same team, Bregman Altuve. Those are the two hardest names for me to say. You could no, easily not make a, a case player. for Altuve being top four. But, I mean, it's just he's just he's not a very exciting player. I mean, there's a there's to a certain extent he does stuff that other people doesn't that don't do. But Altuve is not the guy that you really think of when I think of the face of baseball. And we consider that so much. And I know it doesn't really count towards talent. But Aaron Judge is one of the faces of baseball because for the last two three years he's consistently put up crazy numbers. Everybody knows him. That means something to me. It does. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I agree. And 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 it's not like Altuve. This is this is by no means to be disrespectful. He's he's number six or seven right on that list. But I think just because of the brand of baseball that we're seeing more and more now, a guy like Aaron Judge, a guy like even Lindor who can hit thirty-five to forty home runs, you know, those guys who will provide that insane power, they have the upper hand to me. On Altuve, marginally, yeah, very, very close. And the the best part about this is we're debating. For me, the number five debating is you can have a couple people, but it's Aaron Judge and Jose Altuve, who are foot and a half different in height. Whoa, whoa! (laughs) You you said Machado too. Don't don't squeal out of that like you didn't say Machado. And Machado Machado is right there with them. I don't I don't know. He's put up more statistical better numbers than most people think he is a he is a solid player year in and year out but what i'm saying is baseball does not discriminate in height it does not discriminate in anything if you can play you can play you can play two base five five aaron judge is like nine feet (laughs) and they they both play and they're both in the same realm of talent so please if you have a better top five if you think our top five is completely ridiculous send us a dm on twitter caught looking pod no g uh, and we'll get back to it if you leave a voicemail, 203-936-9165. That's 203-936-9165. We will answer it, and we will share your top five with everybody, and we will debate it next week at the start of the season. Joe, wait. I want to, just before we move on, just real quick, no Bryce Harper. Why for you? Bryce Harper has batted 242 of the five years of his career. If Bryce Harper pay, plays to his potential, he is Probably top four. I would put him behind Mookie Arenado and Trout. No one else is better than Bryce Harper when Bryce Harper plays baseball the way he's capable of. But I'm right. not going to put a guy in the top five that bats 243, 247, whatever he batted for the pat uh, for two of the five years. He has to have consistency. And in right. Philly, the way he just got paid, he needs to show consistency. But right. easily at the at by July, he could be number three or four on the list. Right, There's, and that yeah. and I agree with you in that. He has the highest ceiling, probably just about anyone in the MLB, but he is easily the most volatile superstar where you have the highest highs and the lowest lows. Yeah. He, and, and that, again, the inconsistency factor is exactly what did it for me. That, that got him off my list. Yeah. But I love the, I love his, uh, I love his ability. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Lastly, uh, we have to talk about, the Yankees very recently, as in literally maybe 25, 30 minutes ago, 
sign Gio Gonzalez. Yeah, that's a little, little tidbit and for you. That is, that's a little bit of a tidbit because this affects two things. One, good for Gio. $3 million, one-year deal. He's going to prove himself again. I love Gio, even though he was a national. He is a great pitcher. That's a small park, no doubt about it. I think he'll be fine. He's a good pitcher. But it affects something bigger than that. Dallas Keuchel is still unsigned. And the Yankees chose Gio Gonzalez, probably the cheaper price, over Dallas Keuchel. We are now two days away or three days away from the Japan series. And what, eight, nine days away? A week and a half. Yeah, a week and a half, something like that. From the regular season. And Dallas Keuchel, I mean, I'm assuming that he's throwing on his own. But still, he is unsigned to a team. He was the maybe one or two with Corbin in pitchers in this year's free agency. And once again, we cannot escape 2019 free agency. It's impossible. Nope. It just Won't ever happen. sucks. So please, Dallas Keuchel, sign with the team. Anything, man. Take the league minimum. I just want to see you play baseball this year. Craig yeah. Kimbrell, same boat, man. And he might yeah. sit out this whole year. I've heard just that. Just get it done. Just get it done, just someone. Please, like, um, please sign. That's all I'm you're saying. You're telling me if you're a contending team, though, like you can't bring in a guy like Keuchel or Kimbrell? Like those, Especially those... right now. Kimbrell may be different. I know he's not going to budge. Keuchel will absolutely take a $7.5 million deal to play baseball this year. Uh, yeah, I agree. And then, he'll, agree. and then he'll cash out next year if he has a good year. Someone so has to bet on Dallas Keuchel. I know he's been in touch with the Astros, the Braves, the Yankees until recently. Why has he not signed yet? Is the same Braves. thing happen? The Braves make the most sense to me. I apologize for interrupting, but the That's Braves right. are the team that that uh, stand out just because they they're a young team that needs a veteran. I mean, he's won a Cy Young. Let's not. And that was in the AL. That's a legit Cy Young. It is. So, I just I hope that he signs soon. But for Gio Gonzalez's sake, good for him. He he was supposed to be signed way before this too. I don't know how. This Major League Baseball free agency thing is becoming a huge issue, like a real issue. We joked about it for a little bit. It's becoming a problem. And to to, dis, to discontinue this, players, owners, agents all need to get on the same page and figure it the fuck out because I do not want to strike a year or two down the road. I agree. That That's what I'm afraid of. And you have players talking about striking. It's, it's scary, really. You don't want to... You don't want to deal with that, but on the on the lighter side of it, did you see the what the Blue Jays did? They decided to double the salary of all of their minor league players. That's a little Great bit for baseball. Yeah, I thought that was a like you know a little bit of news, but something that other teams should catch on to because having those guys signed to you know living salaries where you're traveling around the world or around the United States at least you know, playing baseball and not making any money is, is that's a tough thing to do, but doubling their salary, big move by, you know, as the blue Jays. So hopefully it's something we continue to see. And that definitely will also help the labor dispute. If the owners start giving back to the players when they're younger, that, that would be the, the way to make up for it. Absolutely. I mean, there were, there were bills that tried to be signed by, you know, the fucking government and the Senate, to pay minor league baseball players more. It was one of the worst things in America that minor league baseball players averaged like $25,000 a year. And people will do it because they're chasing their dreams. They should be paid a decent amount of money to play and to help the team win because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make the major leagues. It's just yeah, how no, it is. It, I'm glad it happened. 
and it's also just a for basic necessities like these guys need to they have a life like we, yeah, we you know it, like I, it's not like <laughs> baseball doesn't have revenue you know they, they can afford to lose a little bit of that playing paying the players that you know are, are at least trying to make a name for themselves so it's it's admirable at least by the blue jays Love yeah it was a good it. deal it was definitely a good deal all right mark uh one minute what do you got all right. Um, actually, Joe, I know you had one in the holster. You I give did. it. You give it. This whole – when we're talking about the minor leagues, it fits in perfectly. <laughs> this whole one extra year of control for like 11 games into the season or three weeks, whatever it is, uh, for the people that don't know what I'm talking about, if you have a top prospect or really any high prospect, doesn't have to be a, like a number one or two – you have to keep him in the minor leagues at the start of a season for three weeks. It's 11 games, three weeks, whatever. It's somewhere in that vicinity before you can come up for an extra year of control at Major League Baseball so that he can stay on your team for another year. That rule is completely ridiculous. I don't know how it's still, still a thing because now, this year alone, the people that are going to be affected by it are Vlad Guerrero Jr., Pete Alonzo, Forrest, White, uh, Whiteley, whatever his name is. Whitley. Whitley. Fernando Tatis Jr. All of these guys are going to suffer for it. And it sucks because it's there. it makes no difference for anything besides an extra year of control. They need to figure it out. They need to do something so that we don't have to wait till the middle of April for an extra year of control. It's absolutely stupid. And I yeah, hope no. that eventually they fix it. I've heard whispers that they're going to fix it, but I hope eventually they fix it. The, the only question I have about that excuse me, um, is whether or not, how would they determine what year to cut it off at? Would they give them one less year or would they just include that extra year? That's that's the dispute it's, I believe that's going yeah. on. And I think that maybe maybe minor league service could be something to tell that. I, I just don't know, but I know right. for a fact that it needs to be fixed. Absolutely. Right, maybe, yeah, there, there's, some, there's some way to go about this where it's it works out for both sides and the the players don't kind of get a raw raw end of the deal. Yeah, for sure. Um, producer Jake, All you right, wanted Jake one minute? The yeah, yeah. Um, just a quick thing I've been thinking about for the past couple weeks. Um, never really got into the pen game, always been a pencil guy. But uh, I recently started using a G2 Pilot, and I have to say that there has been no better pen that I have used in my life. And if you want to go out and get a solid pen, the G2 is absolutely my recommendation. So hashtag ad. I was gonna say hashtag <laughs> not an ad, yeah. but yeah, not you know, an ad. There not are an like, ad. You know there are like three thousand dollar pens, dude. Like, pens are awesome. Are you gonna I, pay three thousand dollars for a pen, Joe? I could buy a six pack of pens for a dollar, and buy a three thousand dollar pen, and I guarantee you that I would barely recognize the difference of the two pens. <laughs> Except for the fact that you have an orgasm every time you write with the three thousand dollar pen. Yeah, I. I hope to god that you do not do that in class but that's all well, I, I have to control no, no, myself. my head no, no. In my head for as soon as i write with the pen i'm going to be thinking about you busting one out in the middle oh of the come class. on okay okay we don't need that that's okay. not ex- all right i'm gonna go Your my one minute opinion you know what it is it's game of thrones yeah started this Let's joe started go. this episode by saying that uh winter is over joe winter is only coming my friend no, it's gonna be Mark. Well, we, yeah, winter's There's here. No, well, no, it's coming. It's coming in 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 a, almost a month, a little less than a month. Um, but I will say, 
I will say this. I am absolutely psyched for this. And the Night King's gonna win. It's my it's my really? theory. Yeah. See, I, I, I don't, I don't think that. I think that uh, John's gonna become the Night King. He's gonna slay the Night King, and then he's gonna take somebody like Sir Davos as his hand in command, and then they're gonna go back beyond the wall. They're gonna rebuild the wall. Bran's gonna rebuild the wall. It's gonna be fucking nuts, dude. It's gonna dude, be uh, fucking nuts. You're out of your mind, but I love it. I love it. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be cool. Please do not forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Caught Looking Pod for all of those with no G. Do not no forget G. to call the voicemail. No G's, baby. Do not forget to call the voicemail 203-936-9165. We will answer voicemails at next week's show. This is the last show before the major league season starts. Next week, starting every single Monday for the rest of the season, we will be in your ears. Oh, so bad it hurt